0: Memento Mori by Katrina Niverku, a lyrical evocation of loss, lamentation, and the bond between the living and the dead. And just a note that the programme contains some strong language along the way. With Louise Lewis, Hugh O'Connor, Stephen Jones, Carl O'Neill, and Enda Oates, this is Memento Mori by Katrina Niverku.
1: Hello? Uh, Can I help? Mrs. Merrigan? Well, yes, I suppose so. Can I help you?
2: Can I come in? I hope it's not uh, too early.
1: No. Child has me up with the larks.
2: Mrs. Merrigan, I need to ask you a few questions.
1: Look, you don't have to come in. I know. You know? Yes, I know.
2: Mrs. Merrigan... Look,
1: I, I know I don't have a barring order. He knows I don't. I just said it to get rid of him believe you went to the guards. Jesus. He was drunk. He's always drunk these days. But last night he was really very drunk. I can't let him near her anymore when he's drunk. She's only three.
2: This isn't about a barren. It isn't. Can I come in, Mrs. Merrigan? I'm afraid I have some bad news concerning your brother. It's
3: funny. The things you think sometimes, isn't it? brain never stops, does it? Can't make it stop. You can slow it down, though. Observe yourself having a thought. That's what you do. You observe yourself thinking. But you're still thinking, aren't you? Except now, you're watching yourself thinking. I'm watching myself thinking now. That's for sure. That's all I can do. Is think. Even when you're dead. Now that has surprised me. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting the... the disintegrating. The... well, there's only one word for it really. The liquefaction. But not the thinking. I wasn't expecting that. I really wasn't expecting that.
2: Mrs. Merrigan, are you all right?
3: Yes.
1: No. Yes. Thank you, Sergeant. How did he die?
2: We're uh, waiting on results to be sure. Sorry. No sign of a break-in anyway. No sign of robbery. Doesn't seem to be anything out of place.
1: (laughs) Never was in that house. Everything spick and span. Everything just so. Oh, drove me bloody mad. Clean socks over your dirty socks to keep the floors clean. Christ. So he's dead. When will we know how he died?
2: After the post-mortem. Right. Mrs Merrigan, when did you last see your brother? Well, at least we're pretty sure it's your brother.
1: Pretty Sure.
2: We would like you to come to the house, see if anything strikes you strange. Well, as I said, out of place. Forensics should be through by tomorrow morning, so we can bring you in then. I'm sorry we can't let you see the house any sooner, but until forensics are finished, we have to keep it sealed off.
1: Pretty sure.
2: We're checking dental records, Mrs. Merrigan. I see. So, when did you last see him?
1: Oh, God, um, since my uncle's funeral. Well, since my uncle died. It's over four years anyway, yeah. Five, closer to five. Sorry, mummy brain. Still have it. Not recently? No.
2: Would you know who might have?
1: No, not really. Well, except his work. His work colleagues, of course. He works in Stewart and Sons, the accounting firm on the keys.
2: He was let go over a year ago. Oh. And they said he hadn't managed to stay in contact. You know how it is.
1: Yeah. He was probably too embarrassed. After being let go, knowing Gabriel. But maybe he had another job.
2: No, doesn't look like. Lived quite frugally on what he had.
1: Oh. Oh God, sorry, do you need me to to identify him? I, I mean, Gabe. Gabriel. I'm probably the only one. He never had... We never had that many friends. Just the way it was. Like peas in a pod, that's what Aunt B said. Like peas
2: in a pod. Probably best to stick to the dental records.
1: I see. Jesus.
2: So, even though it's your name on the house, you haven't seen him, you have had no contact?
1: Yes. No.
2: That's right. So he doesn't pay you rent, or you didn't have to do any repairs to the house? No.
1: My aunts will. My name is on the deeds, but it's Gabriel's, really. He gets to live in it. I can't sell it or anything while he's... Not that I would have or anything. I would never have done that. Oh, that's the baby. Sorry. Always cries when she wakes up. She doesn't like waking up. Uh, I better...
2: Oh, yes. I'll walk out with you.
3: No, don't. Don't do that. Don't move it. I like it where it is. Get your grubby, gloved hands off that. That was Auntie B's favourite ornament. Her bluebell bell balique. Her single-flower vase. So fragile. Translucent. Morning light shone through it. I wonder if light shines through me now. She loved that vase. Dusting it gently with her finger. I don't... Ever remember there being a flower in it? Maybe once, when Maggie brought her a rose. A paper rose she'd made in school. A pink paper rose. I wonder what happened to it. Did Maggie take it with her when she left? Maybe. She took everything else. Didn't want a trace of her left here. That's what she said. Poor Auntie B. It wasn't fair on poor old Auntie B. Was it, Maggie? Was it now? You never admitted it was unfair leaving. After all they did for us. And then, not going to Uncle Ian's funeral. Oh, why did you leave the vase there? That's not where it belongs. It belongs on the right hand corner of the mantelpiece, precisely placed to cover an old stain. I can't see it now, you clumsy, whatever you are. What are you? A guard? A forensic scientist? Detective, maybe? I never really watched those crime shows, so I don't really know what you are. But I have no need of you. I died, and I'm lying decomposing on my own carpet. Well, on Maggie's carpet. I hope it doesn't stain. I hope I don't stain. I would hate to leave a stain. None of this is very dignified. But I'm not sure that anything about death
4: is. Maggie! Maggie, let me in! Maggie! Open the bloody... Ow! You didn't have to open the door so bloody suddenly.
1: I can shut it just as quickly if you don't get up off your knees and get in here before the neighbours call the guards. What do you want, Garth?
4: Jesus, you look terrible, Maggie.
1: Garth. I told you, I don't want you here drunk.
4: I'm not drunk. You stink of booze. I've been drinking. Different story. Takes a lot for me to get drunk these days. You look like you could do with a drink yourself.
1: Jesus, Gareth, what do you want? I can't deal with this. Not today. Really, not today. And I can't have you waken the baby. She's just gone off. It took me hours to get her to sleep. I can't have you waken her.
4: You'll have to stop calling her the baby. She's nearly three, Maggie. Can I see her?
1: no. Shortly, when I'm sure she's asleep.
4: Gabriel never saw her, did he?
1: No. No, he didn't. I tried to meet him just after I'd had her, but he never got back to me. Probably had left it too long. Why?
4: I saw it. On the news. In the pub. Were you going to say anything? I thought, she has to tell me, that the man who used to be my best friend, our best man, was dead. The man who was closest to us than anyone else in the world was dead. She has to tell me that.
1: I was going to The house.
4: They showed the house. Jesus, Maggie. All the cars, the police, tape everywhere. The postman finally noticed something was up, apparently. Neighbours were shocked, that's what they said. I didn't know what to think. The barman handed me a pint, just as I was trying to work out whether the curtains were open or closed, and I didn't know whether I should drink or not. But there were weeds. I noticed weeds in the gravel. And I could hear the barman saying, Jesus, imagine being filmed with a postman. That's a terrible end. The postman, Maggie. Putting in another unpaid bill through the letterbox, what? Well, the postman? That's who?
1: Well, not found him, but-
4: Who raised the alarm? Who rang the guards?
1: I was wondering. I didn't want to ask. When they came to tell me, it seemed almost rude to want to know. But as the sergeant was talking, it was all that was going through my mind. How do they know? How do they find out? Do you think we should thank him or something? The postman, I mean. Thank him or something?
4: What were you thinking you might say? Thank you for finding my brother, because if you hadn't found him, it's unlikely he ever would have been found, because my family is a complete fucking fuck-up. Jesus Christ! How long was he there? How long, Maggie? I don't know. They don't
1: know. Or if they do know, they haven't told me. They just asked me when I last saw him.
4: Is that all you have to say, Maggie? I don't know.
1: No, of course not. I was trying to answer your question. I don't know how long he was there. I haven't seen him for, what, five years? You know that. Jesus. But it has to be weeks, at least, doesn't it? The way they're talking. Oh, leave me alone, Garth. This is... I don't know what this is. My baby brother, my only living relative, was found dead in the house I grew up in. And you think you can come over here, drunk, pointing the finger? He was your best friend. Why don't you know how long he was there for?
4: I'll go up. No,
1: you won't. You'll just scare her.
4: She's my daughter too.
1: I know that. But she doesn't.
4: I come over. I'm always coming over, Maggie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When she's gone to sleep or gone to sleep. It's always a last minute fall through the door with you. And then you pick her up and you lift her too high and you kiss her too hard and she doesn't know what to do. You scare her. We've done this to death. You love her. I know you love her. But you're not good with her. You don't know what to do with her. Just like you didn't know what to do with me. Maggie. No! Gareth, I need you to leave. Oh dear God. I don't know if I can. All morning. All bloody morning. What time is it? It's not even half 8. Half 8. Hello? Oh God, Eunice, I haven't seen you in... Don't know how long. Yes. Very shocking. Horrible. Well, I wasn't expecting it either, Eunice. Look, Eunice, I better go. What? No. No, I hadn't seen him. No. Yes, it is very sad that we hadn't made up before. Eunice, I really have to go, okay? Bye bye. <laughs> oh, crying gets you nothing but a dirty face, as Auntie B used to say. Crying gets you nothing but a dirty
3: face. My favourite piece of music. Now, that is a bit of luck. It's made this place they have brought me to bearable. The morgue. I am in the morgue. Horrible word. The pathologist likes to listen to Foray's Requiem as she works. Scraping my cells into jars with spatulas while listening to funeral music takes a certain sense of humour. Or maybe she is devoid of any irony. Maybe she makes no connection between what she sees and what she hears. And my God, what must she see every day? What breakfast must you have to face a day like hers? A day like... Susanna's. I recognise her, a little, from the television. It's odd for her to be so close to me. So intimate. She will, by the time she has finished her work, weighing and measuring and assessing me, know me better than anyone has ever known me. She will know all my secrets, all my habits. The care she has taken, the purity of her touch, her concentration on me. It is the closest I have ever been to anyone. Closer even than Maggie. I want to stay in this dance with her, with Susanna. Her instruments seeking information and my cells, my DNA, Yielding it up, offering it up to her. My final, possibly my only, gift to this world.
5: Hi, uh, Maggie Merrigan. Yes Hi I'm Detective Moran Detective Rayfield Moran You can call me Rayfield Sergeant Toner said to expect you around now Rayfield Yes
1: An archangel too Sorry? Gabriel Rayfield They were both archangels Oh
5: yes Of course Uh, Sorry
1: Gabriel The angel of strength and courage I'm just going into the house, aren't I? There's nothing. Well, there's nothing there, is there?
5: No, but that doesn't make it easy. Sometimes it makes it harder. Who are they? Uh, The press. The press? And TV. TV? Yeah, sorry, nothing we can do. Quiet week except for the ongoing cold spell. Gruesome story, and it's a posh area. They'll be here till we leave. Look, just turn your face away. Too late. Sorry, Mrs Merrigan, uh, we're nearly done, just packing up.
1: So this is where?
5: Uh, Yes. On the rug? Yes.
1: The stain?
5: Yes, could be us too, Mrs Merrigan. Uh, Our work, we leave marks, it's the nature of it.
1: Can I go in?
3: Uh, Of course. (laughs) Tread softly For you tread on my dreams. Are you all right, Mrs. Merrigan?
1: Yes. I just thought I heard. Silly. Seventeen years since I last saw this room, and it's the exact same. The exact same. I could make my way blindfold around it.
2: You're barely 18 years old, Maggie. I can never be your father. And I've never tried to be. But I have done everything I can to protect you. To help you make the right choices in life. And this is what it amounts to, is it? Some kind of dirty protest? Everything in every room thrown about, moved? Put where it doesn't belong? Not very considered of you, Maggie. Disappointing, actually. Such an infantile reaction to being grounded.
1: No, I'm used to that. Being here with you and Auntie B, it's driving me insane. You don't care about anyone. All you care about is order and rules and doing the things the way you want them done. And Gabriel kowtowing to you, playing the golden-haired
2: boy. This has nothing to do with Gabriel. You were grounded because you were found, after a fairly extensive search and an embarrassing ring-around your friend's parents, at an intimate house party with three boys. (laughs) Drinking, smoking, and God knows what else. And being grounded for one week was not an unreasonable reaction.
1: Embarrassing for you. I'm nearly 18 years old. I'm not a child anymore. You're just a bully. A nasty, narrow-minded bully. The tragedy of that stupid car accident was not that my parents died, but that I ended up living here, with you.
4: You
2: can't mean that. I do. Then you are more irredeemably... Self-centred than I ever thought you were. You know, I've had it up to here with you, young lady. And I want you out of my house.
1: (laughs) You're pathetic. Kicking me out of the house. Just like Mammy got kicked out. For what? For falling in love. For being flesh and bone. I'm just like her. Flesh and blood and bone. And none of your stupid rules will ever be able to squeeze the marrow out of me. Christ! What's wrong with you? Don't you even care that she died? Living here is like living in a mausoleum.
2: You hurtled into this house with all your grief and anger. And all we have ever done is to try and do right by you. And you may not like how we live, but don't turn your nose up at it. And don't you ever question my grief for your mother again. Ever. Now get out. Before I say or do something, I will regret.
1: I never saw him alive again. Sorry? My uncle. Your uncle? My uncle Ian. He owned this house, brought me and Gabriel here and raised us as his own, I suppose. When my parents died, last time I was in this room, he was throwing me out of the house. Sorry, I'm babbling. People do, I suppose.
5: This is not easy, Mrs. Merrigan.
1: No. It's not. I I don't think there's anything out of place here. As far as I can see. It looks the exact same. Except for this little vase. Auntie B's Bluebell Balik. It used to be on the right-hand corner of the mantelpiece, covering this stain... Maybe Gabriel moved it. But I can't see him doing that. Uh, it was
5: probably us. So, nothing else in this room then?
1: No. Nothing.
3: Well, that's me prodded and poked. Weighed and assessed. The lesser you there is, the longer it takes. Funny, isn't it? They will never know what my last supper was. They can guess. But they will never actually know. It was cheese. Cheese and bread. Brie. My usual. Never saw the point in cooking for one. I did go through a period where I made every supper for one an event. After my fight with Maggie. Linen napkin. Flash-fried fillet. Glass of burgundy. Too harsh. The loneliness of it too evident. Cheese and bread is... transient. The quick, unthought-through meal of a man who has too much to do to bother with cooking. Ironing your own linen napkin for yourself is... a defeat. An admittance that no one will ever be joining you for supper again. My pathologist is good though, Torah Found a nick in my wrist bone, or what's left of it. Small, tiny, barely perceptible to the naked eye. The flesh melting its stories. Bone carving them into time. An indentation, a mark on my left ulna, betraying mine. I I fucking hate Alanis Morissette. Whiny bitch. Turn it off. No, it's my flat and I can
1: do what I want. It's a kip. It's messy. Just because the books are not colour-coded. That is not a normal way to live, Gabriel.
3: Auntie B wants you to say something at the funeral.
1: No way. He hated me. He'd rise out of the grave if I said anything from the altar.
3: (laughs) It's not funny, Maggie. Look, he was young. His heart just stopped working. You have to do it. No.
1: He threw me out of the house. His sister's daughter. Well, like mother, like daughter, I suppose. And he was always a prick to me. You know that. Couldn't do anything right. Ever. He made my life a misery.
3: Oh, don't be such a drama, Queen. He just wanted what was right for you.
1: Oh, just because you were the golden-haired boy did nothing wrong. Never stood up for me, though, did you? Never took my side.
3: <laughs> That's because you are a selfish, self-centred... Jesus
1: Christ, I... Yes!
3: You dragged me out of the car when I...
1: When all you wanted to do was stay with her, listening to her screaming, watching her burn. Is that what you wanted? Watch your mammy burn... Her flesh melting into yours. Shut the
3: fuck up, Maggie. You have got to get that overturned car out of your mind, Maggie. You have to let go.
1: Let go? How can you say that? That is all we have of them. Of Mammy and Daddy. What? You want me to pretend that Uncle Ian was my father? A man who couldn't look up from his books for one second to see if you were all right? A man who was only interested in you when your paint and shoes were polished and your hair was brushed? Desperate to make sure I didn't turn out like her. All that
3: joy compressed by rules. His heart broke the day she died. Did it? You never wanted to see it, Maggie. You're so angry. You're always so angry. You can't see it when people love you. And we love you, Maggie.
1: We? (laughs) So it's we now, is it? It used to be us. Little orphans on a raft against the world. Isn't that what you said? Blood twins. Slicing our wrists and mingling our blood. Better than real twins. That's what you said. Oh, grow up, Maggie. You're nearly 30 years of age. You're the one who fainted. Because you cut too deep. Cut right to the bone.
3: If you gave a shit about any of that, you would do this. You would speak at his funeral because I'm asking you to.
1: Ian was my uncle. Not my father. He could never be my father because he never even liked me. Is that what you want me to say at the funeral? He loved you. I tattooed my heart with that burning car. Every time I close my eyes, I see it. And he never understood that.
3: I understand that, Maggie. I see it too. (laughs) Come back with me to Auntie B's. She wants to see you. She needs to see you.
1: I can't. I can't go back to that house. I just can't. If he was dying, if you had come here to tell me he was dying, I would come back. I would come back to ask him what it was about me and Mammy that he couldn't stand.
3: How many times do you have to be told that he loved you? For fuck's sake, he took you in. They took you in.
1: Begrudgingly. They took me in begrudgingly. I was seven years of age. And I was made feel like it was my fault.
3: If you don't do this, it will be the worst thing you have ever done. I don't think I will ever be able to forgive you.
1: So so even in death he divides us? I'm not doing it. I'm not going to speak. Do you you know what, Gabriel? I don't even think I'm going to go. Maggie! Gareth is coming for dinner. Do you want to stay?
3: No. No, I think I'll leave. I'll tell Aunt B that you weren't in and that you weren't answering your phone.
1: Say whatever you like.
5: One more room left, Mrs Merrigan. Ready?
1: I'm sorry, I can't.
5: Do you need a minute?
1: No. I I just can't. I don't think I can. It's Gabriel's room. I didn't think it would be so heart? Yes. Heart. All his things. It will make it so definite. Seeing his things. After all this time. He won't have changed his room, I know that. It will be exactly as it was when I walked out of here.
5: That'll be 12.54, Maggie. Horrible out, isn't it? Too bloody cold for snow, even. Yeah. How's the little terrorist?
1: Being a little terrorist.
5: (laughs) Ah, this story's horrible, isn't it? Jeez. To matter so little that nobody even knows you're dead. How could you go on every day knowing that no one in the whole wide world cared about you? Because obviously no one rang him or called him or dropped into him or anything. What I wonder is how long he would have been there if the postman hadn't thought there was something funny. Well, they're lucky it's so cold though. Slows the rate of decomposition right down. They did all these tests on that body farm in the States with cadavers and temperatures. Oh, sorry Maggie, not very nice topic of conversation. The missus has always given out to me. Oh, nice gaff though, there's money there beats around here anyway.
1: I like it around here. Anyway, I would better be off.
5: Poor man. Didn't he have a family? A close relative of the deceased man arrives on the scene
4: to help But
5: well, that's the you. Office. It is you, isn't it? What are you doing there? Jeez. You know him? Don't you?
1: He was my brother.
5: And you didn't know it him? It's
1: strange brother.
5: Christ. So you never talked No. You? Well, with Christmas just gone, not even then. No. You never talked? No. And you didn't know? No. So the guards knocked on
1: your door and. Just like a car accident, Sean. Just like a car accident or something.
5: No wonder you're buying smokes. Still, never talking. Terrible. Terrible, terrible thing. I better go.
1: Pick up Sersha. I'll be seeing you. Yeah.
5: See you so, Maggie.
3: And he kept to himself. They say that they are deeply. I've been waiting for Susanna for my scientist to return but she hasn't come back to me no one has so that's it examination over thought it might take longer my dismantling I could do with the distraction no one Nothing else to help you take your eye off of the ball or so to speak. Maggie always did that for me. With all her anger and grief and irresistible, unkickable desire to live. To just live. She beguiled you. She seemed to lift her arms to the sky and swallow it whole. Without her After our fight, how could we let ourselves fight like that? Every cell, every day, quivered with the loneliness of it all. The vastness of it. But there was no way back for us. We had broken something. We had managed to place ourselves on either side of that burning car. And as we did... Family fault lines opened and sucked us in. I tried to shape it. To reduce it to cups of coffee and glasses of wine and and work to be done and, and books to be read. But it kept spilling through my fingers. Like grains of sand. Like time itself. Like all the clichés you've ever heard. That's another disappointing thing about death. It doesn't add depth or profundity. Just more time. An abundance of time. For you to be yourself, by yourself. And there's not much to look at in here, in my drawer. I wonder if this is all it is. A kind of endless, unrelievable boredom. You were so completely dependent on yourself in death. And I was never very good at being dependent on myself.
4: It's just you seem so normal, Maggie.
1: Would you prefer if I was tearing my hair out?
4: No. Of course not. It's just that... Well your brother is dead
1: And your best friend I've cried for him Into your point
4: That's not fair Isn't it? It's your fault I stopped talking to him I was backing you up when I stopped talking to Gabriel
1: I never asked you to back me up Your decision
4: Nearly broke me Mate since we were in school
1: <laughs> Nothing to do with me
4: Everything to do with you Once you were no longer seeing each other, it was clear to me that the choice was between you or him. And I chose you.
1: Probably better for you if you hadn't chosen either of us.
4: I married you, Maggie.
1: (laughs) Probably better if you hadn't done that either. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) You promised me you haven't had a drink? Promise. Promise me you won't have a drink while you're here.
4: Cross me heart and hope to die.
1: I won't be long. I just... Need to go to the house Sit there a while
4: Yeah I don't need to drink Maggie At least I don't need to I want to I suppose It's all I could think of doing Drink Forget Remember Drink not very original I know But I don't have to I really don't have to. You know that, don't you?
1: Oh, there's my taxi. I don't trust myself to drive. God's coming. Never call to the door anymore. Like their arses are welded to the seats.
4: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Waving at him like a lunatic. Christ, he's not even looking. She shouldn't wake. Not before I'm back. But if she does, give her a bottle, pet her forehead. She likes that she would like that
4: go Saoirse will be fine go on it'll be okay so quiet
1: always so quiet never allowed to make any noise at least not when Uncle Ian was at home working in a study which we were never allowed into God, how I hated him Poor man He just didn't know what to do with us Did he, Gabriel? And Aunt B, with her obsession for order colour-coded clothes and books in alphabetical order But she loved us Didn't she? Uniforms pressed at the bottoms of our bed every morning. A surprise treat in our lunch boxes every day. Hot water bottles in our bed. Hot chocolate and biscuits for supper. So many kindnesses. Too many to count. But no. No joy. No music. I never heard music playing in this house. Never. The news. Always the news. Except for Saturday night. When we could both choose a programme on the TV, do you remember? How annoyed you would be if we both chose the same one. And you always blamed me. Said I was trying to copy you. But they did love us. At least, they did their best to. I see now, with Sertia how hard it is. How much work. How difficult it must have been for them to take us in. To have these two children dismantle their lives. I'm ashamed of some of the things I said. Some of the things I didn't say. I wish you'd met Sertia. I talk about you, you know. I always have. From the very first day as she clutched my finger through the hospital cot. And I love her, Gabriel. I know what love is now. I wanted you to know that. No, that's not true. I knew what love was with you. But this is unpainful, undifficult love. It's normal, I suppose. Maybe I've come full circle, back to normal. Back to Daddy singing It's a Long Way to Tipperary as he drove. And Mammy looking back at us, sticky in the back seat, saying, if you could sing, you wouldn't mind. And Daddy laughing. And us laughing. And Mammy laughing. Me and Saoirse laugh. Me and Saoirse laugh a lot. And I sing to her. Well, I try to sing to her anyway. Tell Uncle Ian and Auntie B that I'm sorry. Tell them I'm sorry I was so angry. And that I try to be neat. And Mum and Dad tell them Don't. Don't tell them anything. Just give them a kiss for me. I hope the heavy flares of the cherry blossom were the last thing you saw. A doctor told me that our eyes are the last to stop functioning as we melt into the sunlight. He says we can still see even when we're clinically dead. Is it true, Gabriel? find it comforting that our eyes don't give up makes us eternal somehow at least to ourselves and I wanted you to know that I'm going to sell the house and everything in it well except for the Balikvaz I might have to hang on to that just do it my finger <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fly, but I want his way. I can shine even in the darkness, but I crave the light that he brings, revel in the songs that he sings. Was Memento Mori by Katrina Nivuraku. Louise Lewis played Maggie. Hugh O'Connor played Gabriel. Stephen Jones was Gareth. Carl O'Neill played the roles of Sean the Shopkeeper and Detective Raphael Moran. Enda Oates was Uncle Ian and also played the part of Sergeant Toner. Sound Supervision was by Mark McGrath. Memento Mori by Katrina Nivuraku was directed by Garetti Slavin. The series producer of Drama on One is Kevin Reynolds. You can hear this and other dramas in the archive at rte.ie forward slash drama on one. And if you or anyone you know has been affected by the issues raised in the drama, support is available at rte.ie forward slash helplines.